listening to Life in Limbo, a podcast about building a life you love on the foundation of what's most important to you. I'm your host, Stephanie Pellet, and each week I'll be chatting with an interesting person or sharing my own reflections on how we can stay connected to our personal values, measure what matters most to us, listen to our own voices, and build a life we love. This week on the podcast, I'm talking about the concept of letting time do its work when we're feeling stressed. Let's go. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Life in Limbo podcast. Thank you for joining me. I am very happy to report that I'm feeling much better than I was before. (laughs) I had had a cold that lasted a long time, and then that was followed up immediately with this weird stomach bug that was very unpleasant. And yeah, I'm really excited that I'm back to almost my full capacity, but I'm trying not to make that mean that I'm going to go full tilt. (laughs) I'm trying to give myself lots of rest and downtime and time alone because that's what I personally need to feel really healthy and balanced. So yeah, this week has been good getting back into the swing of things, but trying to take it a little bit easier than usual. Um, I hope that your February is shaping up to be a wonderful month as well. And it's nice because the stress of January and the obligations of January, where I feel like you feel like you have to catch up with everybody that you didn't see over the holidays and you have to set all these goals, it's can be a lot of pressure. And February just feels like a little bit nicer. Austin Cleon had a post about how February is like the perfect month for a 28 day challenge or um, to start a new habit or things like that. So yes, I like February. I mean, I don't like the weather of February here in Toronto, but I like February as a concept and it's going to be shorter than January. So that's always nice too. Um, So speaking of time, today I wanted to talk about this concept of letting time do its work. And this, I must say, is a quote from my dear friend Catherine Bondi, who you heard from on last week's episode of the podcast. I was chatting with her and another friend recently about this episode, and she came out with that beautiful line of, you know, we need to let time do its work. And I just love the way that she had put it. And I think it really ties together what I want to talk about today. So Thank you, Catherine, for that wonderful um, turn of phrase that I am making great use of. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think this has been coming up for me because recently I've been feeling a lot of anxiety. And I think that happens when you're cold and sick and stressed and haven't been sleeping well. That exacerbates my symptoms anyway. I haven't been diagnosed with clinical anxiety, but I struggle with a lot of anxious thoughts, especially when I'm stressed out, that are ruminative and uh, overwhelming and really can loop in my head, especially lately, um, prevent me from sleeping, things like that. So I've been having a lot of that lately because I haven't been in my best health. Those two things are so connected for me. And I've been noticing a lot of tendencies to get really worked up about small things that shouldn't really have been such a major deal, but in the moment felt so all consuming It felt like something I really needed to pay attention to and worry about and (laughs) beat myself up over at times. And I was noticing that I needed to find some coping strategies to deal with my anxiety when I was in the moment of it, because that's the hardest part. It's not that you're feeling that way. It's that in that moment, uh, you don't feel like you're ever going to feel another way. It's just you feel like your feelings are facts. If you're feeling them, they must be true. And... If you're feeling them, then that means something's terribly wrong and will maybe never be good again. (laughs) Um, So I've been feeling that a lot lately. I'm going to tell you a couple stories of times that that was happening, but I'm really leaning on this idea of letting time do its work as I'm trying to deal with my stress 
as I move forward. So the first story is that I had gotten a coat from my mom for Christmas. It's a really cute uh, little sort of ultralight down coat. You know, the puffy ones. It's this beautiful raspberry color. I love it. It's great. My mom picked it out for me. She picked the color out for me. It was just really special and they're not cheap. It was a nice present um, and I was so excited about it. And then somehow, I'm not 100% sure how, but I was wearing it in the house. So that has something to do with it. I was so cold and I had taken to wearing this coat um, because it keeps me so warm <laughs> inside the house. And I think what I must have done was put on some of my face oil, which I love. I made it at Nurture, um, the retreat that I, that I am a part of with Mel of Sunday's Company. We had made this beautiful infused facial oil that I'd been using as my moisturizer over the last few weeks because it smells so good. It smells like pine and spruce and fir and all these beautiful things that we had forged in the forest. So I must have used it and then at some point maybe just like brushed my hand against the coat because the next second I look down and there are just all these blotches of oil just on one side of the coat. And you know, oh no, right? <laughs> Instantly, the recriminations start from myself to myself, uh, really, really laying into myself. How could you do this? How could you be so careless? This was a gift from your mom. It was super special, and you just completely ruined it because, you know, you get stressed. You start to think, oh gosh, like I'm thinking of all the stories I've heard, these horror stories about oil and how it never comes out of things and it stains forever and there's no way to get it out, blah, blah, blah obviously immediately ripped it off. I'm going on the internet. I'm trying to figure out what to do. I found, you know, tutorials. I'm not going to go into all the details of what I did here on the podcast because I don't think it's important. But I tried to follow the instructions. And the whole time, beating myself up, the whole time so anxious and feeling a lot of shame too, right? I mean, that's the other thing is like, a lot of the accusations I was throwing at myself were not about me having made a mistake. They were about me not being a good person, right? Oh my gosh, Steph, what's wrong with you? That you can't keep a nice jacket nice. Why can't you keep nice things nice in your life? Um, why are you so messy? Why are you so, so sloppy? All of the things. We've all heard them before from ourselves. And that was going on in a loop in my head. And I was so stressed about this. And it just so happened that... My friend was coming to pick me up and we were going to hang out for a little bit. And then from there, I was going directly home to visit my mom. And so I was basically rushing around and like sweet Laura, thank thankfully just sat there as I sort of did the final touches on this treatment that I had seen on the internet, pretty simple, and was waiting for it to go through the wash to see if the stains had been fixed. But I just, I was just so stressed. It was like a panic moment where I was like, oh gosh, what if I leave it? And then what if um, by not putting it in the dryer, like the care instructions say, then it will lose its shape or whatever the case may be. But I had to just leave it. I had to go about my business, try to forget about it. And that night, I of course didn't tell my mom because again, shame. <laughs> shame does not want to hear what my mom has to say in this situation. But that night I was like up until late, just ruminating on this being like, okay, what are the solutions? What are the treatments? What can I do? Looking up all these alternative solutions. And actually in this case, the internet was helpful because I noticed just how many 
options there were for treating a stain, even one that had gone through the dryer, not that mine had, or, you know, it was just saying, hey, there's hope. So I'm stressing about this. And in the moment, I made what I refer to not very cleverly as my stress lists. So I made one of my stress lists, which is essentially what it sounds like. When I'm feeling super overwhelmed, one of the techniques I sometimes use is to just dump every single thing I'm worried about and everything that I'm confused about onto a piece of paper and put it under the title of stress list and give it a date. Um, and I think the reason that I do this is because it helps to separate out what I'm feeling in my head and make me be able to look at it on paper because when it's in your head, it feels really overwhelming if it's more than like two or three things, I find. If I have more than three things to worry about, suddenly the world is is crumbling. But as soon as they're on paper, they seem a little less scary, or at least they've been recorded somewhere and that I can like start to go through them one at a time, right? And fix whichever ones I can fix. Um, so I did that. It helped a little. I ultimately had to surrender and say, well, I'm not going to be able to see my code until tomorrow night, so I'm not going to know. Like, it could be ruined, it could not be, I'm feeling some hope, but ultimately, I have to let time do its work. And so, fast forward, I got home, and I had seen that my code had dried, and it was basically gone. The stain was pretty much gone. There was still a little bit of evidence, so I just did the treatment one more time, did the process, put it in the washer let it dry again. And by the time that was done, it was completely back to normal. Spig and span. Good as new. I couldn't even see where the stain had been. And I think what this lesson <laughs> for me was, was this idea of why did I put myself through all of that panic, all of that stress, all of that fear, all of that guilt and shame and recriminations of myself, when ultimately all I needed to do was sit with it for long enough to see what the outcome was going to be. Because there's very rarely a time where you don't continue to have another option, right? Like, there's usually not a lot of dead ends in life. I probably had lots of options that I could have pursued. And that was what was great about reading all that stuff on the internet was seeing, okay, well, if this doesn't work, you can try this. If that doesn't work, you can try this. I could have taken it to a dry cleaner. I could have done any number of things if the solution that I was banking on wasn't able to work. But in order to tell whether or not your first solution is going to work is you need to give it some time. You need to actually let the time pass and see what happens when it goes through the, the process and when it goes through the treatment. And that's true for so many things in life. Um, a similar thing happened recently with receiving a package. I was so panicked because a package that had been delivered by Amazon, I saw a picture of it. I wasn't home at the time and couldn't be home for several hours. Um, and I'm starting to have all of these anxious thoughts again, probably because I was feeling under the weather in other areas of my life. And I'm like, what if the package gets taken? I don't know why I thought the package was going to get taken. None of my packages have ever been taken before. But I'm like, oh gosh, what if it gets taken? Sure enough. I got home, package wasn't there. Oh no. And I didn't even think that my upstairs landlords were home because they had been away for several days. So I was like, oh no. So someone's just taken it. It's gone. <laughs> All there was in this package, by the way, was like Bananagrams, the game, the great game, Bananagrams. That's all it was. Bananagrams cost like 20 bucks. <laughs> sure why I was so panicked about this package. And it's again, that same, that same feeling of like, 
there's rarely a dead end. If you try to find a solution and that solution doesn't work, you give it some time to work and it doesn't work, then you can find a different solution. So in this case, it could have been calling Amazon, seeing what their policies are around that. If that didn't work, I could have just bought it again because it's $20. Like that's not a huge amount of money. But in the moment when you're so stressed about it, it feels like it's a dead end. It feels like it's game over. And that's because you're not letting time pass. You are wanting to have the solution instantly, and when it doesn't come instantly, you feel like you want to push against time. That's another Catherine Bondi phrase, where you're sort of fighting. You're fighting what is. You need to give yourself enough time to see what the outcome will be. In this case, I had to send a text to my landlord and ask, hey, did you see a package that arrived for me? Because Amazon said that it's arrived. And then you have to wait. You have to wait for them to see their phone. You have to wait for them to check. You have to wait for them to get back to you. And when you're stewing about it and you're anxious about it, you're not letting the time pass that is required to pass in order for you to get the answer that you're looking for. And in this case, it actually happened so much faster than I was expecting, which is that they got back to me in like half an hour and said, oh yeah, actually we do. <laughs> we just got home and uh, there is one for you. I'll drop it off. And within five minutes, it was outside my door. Again, another example of me railing against time, railing against things needing to play out in a certain way and wanting to be able to control them, wanting to be able to fix them. I think this is where the stress lists to bring that back in come so handy because having now done them several times when I'm in these moments of feeling really panicked or overwhelmed, what happens is that a couple days later, even sometimes a day later, even a couple hours later, I can look back at the list and suddenly about half of the things on the list are no longer applicable or relevant because they've either been resolved completely or there's a solution on the way or I've just decided not to worry about it anymore. You know, there's lots of possibilities and outcomes. That doesn't mean that every single issue is resolved so quickly, but so many of them can be in ways much faster than we think. Sometimes when we're talking about letting time do its work, we're not talking about even that much time. It might just be an hour. It might just be a day. Sometimes it's going to be longer, but not always. So I think that it's really helpful to be thinking about this. And also to be able to go back to that written list is so fun because I can just take a highlighter and highlight all the ones that are resolved. And suddenly you have a visual representation of the fact that more than half of my stresses most of the time have been eliminated or wiped out within a few days or a few weeks, or they just cease to be a problem somehow. This is the magic of life. Sometimes things just get taken off our plates or removed as an issue um, just by the nature of time passing. And that's, I think, what we're getting at when we're talking about the concept of time doing its work. Time just is magic in that way. Things just sort of come to natural resolutions the more that we let time work its healing properties. That's true for relationships. It's true for uh, like work problems. It's true for thorny social dynamics. It's true for a lot of things. And I think the key is how do we get ourselves to remember it in the moment? How do we get ourselves to remember that time needs time to work, right? We need to leave a buffer and some room for things to resolve themselves the way that they're going to resolve themselves. And how do we do that when we're so caught up and we're so stressed? 
I don't have a great answer for this. I don't have the exact answer for this because I'm still working on it. I'm 100% a work in progress in this area. I think a few things that do come to mind are really simple. It's like the basics. You know, I mentioned that the reason I think that I have been feeling so anxious lately was because I hadn't been getting a lot of sleep. I hadn't been eating very well because I had been sick. And so I hadn't been wanting to eat and my appetite was all skewed. And I wasn't sleeping through the night because of my sinuses. I was tossing and turning. So just the basics of my life, biologically speaking, were not being met. And that can seem like a trivial thing when you're in the moment because you're like, no, no, my feelings are the facts of the situation. Listen, I know this is not just about being hungry, but yeah, it probably is about being hungry. You know, <laughs> like if you find yourself getting really stressed, maybe you're hungry, maybe you're tired, maybe you need a break. Maybe you need to not be on your phone for a while and you need like less stimulation visually in your life. Or maybe you need to talk to a friend. Maybe you're feeling lonely. Maybe you need to drink a glass of water. I don't know what you need, but you might just need something very basic on a pretty primal level. And once that need is met, you might feel better equipped to handle the more tricky things that are happening in your life. So that's one strategy that I try to keep in mind and am sometimes successful. <laughs> um, another one is pure distraction. This is another one that I sometimes, for whatever reason, kind of rail against in the moment. I think it's because I want to take my feelings very seriously. And it seems like by allowing myself to be off the hook and just allowing myself to distract myself with maybe like a rom-com or some weird television or some great television <laughs> or um, going out and having fun or do having a dance party or something like that, that just doesn't seem in alignment with the truth of how I'm feeling and the truth and the gravity of the situation because I don't want to step away from it. I don't want to let time pass. I want to ruminate on it. Um, but that's because I'm in that headspace. I'm in the headspace of anxiety. And so stepping away from the anxiety, of course, does not seem like the right solution, but often is exactly what I need in order to feel better. So I am all for distraction. I try to give myself as much permission as I can to actually just purely distract myself, um, even though it might feel wrong in the moment. Obviously, that's not always going to be a good solution if there's something pretty serious going on. But often we're in a point where we can't do anything anymore anyway. We've tried everything we can do in the in the specific moment we're in, and we need to just wait and see. So in those cases, distraction is very helpful. And then, of course, there are like mantras or beliefs, thought patterns that we can try to adopt in order to help us in these moments of stress. So Catherine was good enough to share one that she uses where she talks about how um, she tells herself when she's feeling really anxious, you're stressed about this right now, but you won't be stressed about it two hours from now or in you won't be stressed about it in the same way. And I think that that's a good one to remember. The women on Happier in Hollywood also have a mantra that they use in their work lives that they've mentioned many times on their podcast where they, if they're feeling anxious about something, They'll say, this will be over by X. So this will be over by dinner time. This will be over by Friday. This will be over by lunch, you know? I've used that in the past too, because sometimes you're just feeling so worked up about something that it's hard to remember that it will end, <laughs> it will be over. And so, you know, like, let's say you're really stressed about going on a first date with somebody. You just can tell yourself, this will be over by 10 p.m. 
or maybe not if it's a good date, who knows, but you know, um, it'll be over by a certain time and I won't be feeling this same bodily feeling that I'm feeling now. And I think that that can be so helpful to remember as well. And then finally, um, Marie Forleo once said this mantra that I've never forgotten, which is to think about things as being a drop in the ocean of your life. Like this situation that's so stressful and, and making you feel really overwhelmed right now is literally one drop of water in the ocean that is your life. And I just love that visual metaphor. Personally, I love the ocean. I love big bodies of water. And so when I'm able to really close my eyes and visualize an ocean and visualize how much water is in that ocean, then to think about one drop being added, oh, yeah, it's like exhaling because you're like, oh, of course, of course, life is long in this beautiful way. Life is long. And because life is long, that means that things that are feeling so overwhelming and hard in this moment are probably not going to be affecting me, probably not by, you know, next weekend, but definitely not by next year. I think there are obviously exceptions for things that are big and heartbreaking and those types of grief um, that are not drops. But again, just having some kind of metaphor where you can say, you can put it in context and you can bring the magnitude down to a place where it might be a little bit more bearable. I think that's important to do. So those are the thoughts that I have. That's what I wanted to share. This is something that I'm still really, really working on. And I would love, love, love to hear if you have any strategies for letting time do its work, letting time pass. What do you do when you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed and you're not sure how something's going to play out or resolve itself? How do you cope with that anxiety? I would love to know. Please let me know in the comments um, at lifeinlimbo.org slash time or on Instagram at Steph Pellet. I would love to hear your thoughts. But until then, thank you for listening and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Life in Limbo podcast. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend or reach out and let me know at Steph Pellet on Instagram. I would love to hear from you. As always, you can find show notes for this and all episodes at lifeinlimbo.org slash podcast. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you soon.